Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. There's a lot of beautiful faces in here. And not only a lot of beautiful faces, but there are a lot of people more dressed up today than normal. I see what happened here. Mother's Day got everybody on their best behavior. Uh, Way to go, guys. I am proud of you. Um, I tried to dress up today, too. Not because I'm preaching, but because it's Mother's Day. So I'm just waiting for the time that we can get the, uh, the Facebook Live up so my mom in North Carolina <laughs> can watch, which is not happening today. But guys, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Cole Parlier. I'm associate pastor here at the church. Every once in a while, about once a month, you get to see my face up here and hear my voice as I get the opportunity uh, to speak the words of God to you. And today is that day. Um, If you guys have been following along as Pastor Rollin has been preaching, you know that we've been going through a series called Chicago Fire, the Spirit-Led Church in the city. This is a tradition at Second City Church that we do, and it happens to fall on Mother's Day as well. Uh, Each year after Easter, we go through the book of Acts, and we talk about what happened after Christ rose from the grave. He showed himself to over 500 brothers and sisters, and then he ascended to the right hand of God where he sits today and is interceding for us. And you know what's good about that? Jesus himself said that it is better for you that I go. Isn't that ridiculous sounding at first until you hear the rest of that statement? He said, it is better for you that I go so that I can send my spirit. So what is happening in the book of Acts is that he poured out as prophesied, not only by Jesus, but even before Jesus in the Old Testament. He poured out his spirit on his disciples, on his apostles, the 120, and then all heaven began to broke loose, break loose. All heaven, not hell anymore, all heaven began to break loose as the Spirit went forth, began to work in people's lives, revealing Jesus to them through signs, miracles, wonders, Spirit-led preaching, and to be 100% transparent. When we are praying for revival, this is what we are praying for. We're praying for the Spirit of God, once again, to break loose in our midst First, in our hearts, and then secondly, in our congregation, in the family of God. So before we really dig into the word, I'm going to pray real quick for us. If you could bow your heads with me. Oh, Heavenly Father, creator of heaven and earth and all things, we say thank you for doing what only you can do. Thank you for coming and saving us. Thank you for the rescue mission that you sent Jesus on. Lord, we pray today that you would push back the gates of hell because you said that uh, nothing would be able to overcome it but overcome the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we ask that you would soften our hearts right now, God, that you'd help us to receive your word. We pray that your kingdom would come in us and then through us, Lord, And Lord, in the midst of all of this, we pray that you reveal to us the gift 
of mamas. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, thank you for bearing with me today. My voice is a little different getting over being sick. So excuse me one second. I drink a little bit of water. Okay, so today, Chicago Fire, we're going to be focusing on this subtitle, A Heritage of Faith in Jesus Christ. A Heritage of Faith in Jesus Christ. Well, what does that mean? Well, there are three things that you need to know about what was happening in the book of Acts. Yes, there was supernatural encounters with the Holy Spirit, as he was doing what only he could do, drawing people to the risen Jesus so that they could see that God is good, he loves them, and that he wanted to save them and redeem them, forgive them of their sins. But how did he do it? He did it through very natural means. He did it through families. He did it through relationships. He did it in one way we're going to focus in on, on Acts 16 uh, in uh, 2 Timothy. He did it through mamas and grandmamas. Who here has been impacted by either their mama, their grandmama, or somebody who took the liberty of being <laughs> your spiritual mama or grandmama. I am one of those people for sure. And I know not everybody has that heritage, but I stand before you today as a man who has been prayed for heavily. <laughs> I know there's many sitting in the seats that your mamas and grandmamas have prayed for you heavily. They looked like they were tired because they were doing laundry. I'm telling you what, they were probably tired because they were on their knees for hours praying for their lost children. Praying that their children would know Jesus. And I am one of them. So if you guys could turn with me, and maybe we can get it on the screen too. Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. And this is in the ESV. So let's read. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy. So enter stage right the first time in Acts. We have Timothy, just labeled a disciple at this point. Not much of a relationship is there. Uh, but just a little background about that. So Paul, as we know, he was a missionary, an apostle, and he was traveling around. And he had already come through here once and had been preaching the gospel of Jesus, and many people had been saved and believed. And so he's coming back here this time, and this is where he meets Timothy. What do we need to know about Timothy? We go on, it says, Timothy is the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. So to recap here, 
Paul had come across Timothy, he decided to build a relationship with Timothy. And then he said, hey, I want you to come with me. And I want to go strengthen the churches. Now, there's more to this than meets the eye. When you're studying the Bible, all you Bible students out there, you already know this, but sometimes you need to go to other places to kind of put the, the, the pieces of the puzzle together to get more background. It's always best to interpret the Bible from the Bible. So we're going to turn to 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 7. I think we might have that on the screen too. Great. So 2 Timothy as the name of the letter suggests, is a personal letter that Paul, while he was in prison in Rome for the second time, wrote to Timothy. And the circumstance of Paul being in prison in Rome for the preaching of the gospel was that he was about to be martyred, history tells us. If any of you have had a near-death experience, or maybe it wasn't quite near-death, but it felt like near-death, like riding a scary roller coaster, etc., like you begin to say things, do things, you're like, man, i got to get it out. People have got to know this. This is no longer just, you need to know this for now. It's, you need to know this for life. I love you. I'm pouring out my whole heart. I've never told you before, but I'm going to tell you because I know my time is short. So let's pick up. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy. I'm going to, yes, my voice is kind of hurt from being sick, but I'm about to cry too. <laughs> to Timothy, my beloved child. You see what happened? He went from being just a disciple somebody to help strengthen the churches, to being a beloved child. Do you remember? I'm sorry, you guys, bear with me. Do you remember who the scripture says that Timothy's father was? That we just read? And said his father was a Greek, right? Okay, well, let's, let's keep going. We're building a case here. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. And a little note here while studying about that as well. Uh, Paul tends to mention the word mercy even more to Timothy when he's talking to Timothy than he's talking to others. So when we are trying to either be uh, good mothers or good fathers, I believe that we are commanded to show mercy because mercy triumphs over judgment. Not to exasperate our children, but to encourage them. And so Paul goes on to say, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors. It sounds very small here, but remember how we talked about God uses the natural relationships to bring about the supernatural revelation that leads to eternal life? So Paul is saying, I'm following in the footsteps of my ancestors. This was passed down to me with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Because Paul had made Timothy a son, 
not just a disciple. Yes, when we're making disciples and loving people, we should constantly be praying for people. But when somebody becomes more than just a task to us, just, oh, I just got this child to raise, or, oh, I've just got this uh, person at work that God sovereignly put me beside of that keeps asking me questions. Okay, I'll do my duty. I'll tell them about you, Jesus. I'll, you know, whatever it is. He says that he prays for him constantly, night and day. Maybe you guys have experienced the same thing where people who say that they, they love you. Every time I talk to my grandpa and every time I talk to my dad now, and my mom, actually, people who I'm in their lineage, I'm in their heritage of faith. You know what they are sure to tell me every time? They say, I'm praying for you. I love you, and I'm praying for you. There's like, I think about you all the time. I am praying for you. And it breaks my heart when I think about that. I'm like, I wish I prayed for you more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I tried to, but I mean, can you really say you are constantly on my mind night and day? Then verse 4, I'm constantly praying for you night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Whose tears is he talking about here? He's talking about Timothy's tears for Paul. So Paul, had, I mean, excuse me, Timothy had not just become Paul's son in the faith, because Timothy didn't have a father in the faith, but God supplied a father for him. But Timothy, I mean, Paul that we didn't know of, Paul didn't have children. And so God had supplied a child through the faith to him. And this relationship seems to be as deep as any biological blood relationship, if not deeper. So that I may be filled with joy. I long to see that I may be filled with joy. Just like there are several people I'm looking around today that are missing. (laughs) You know why they're missing here today and they're not with us? And if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's okay. I know why you're not here. It's because you long to see your family, your parents, and you went to go see them so you could be filled with joy. I get it. It's okay that you're not here today. So what I'm saying is that Mother's Day is a, it can be a very difficult day for some of us. Of course, we all were born and got into the world somehow, and so there was a biological mother, but some of us were abandoned um, by our mothers or fathers. Some of us never had the spiritual upbringing that we wished we would have, would have had from our mothers and our fathers. But what I'm here to say is that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. And he keeps his promises. And he promises that if we leave our old lives, meaning we're not going to be defined by our old lives, be defined by the things that we've become victims of, such as motherless or fatherlessness or uh, just not having what we think we need to have to become the people that we want or need to become, he fulfills that. He redeems that. If you haven't had that, This may be a little awkward. Just look around. Seriously, I want you to look around. Think about what's missing in your life. Look around. I guarantee that through his provision of family, 
spiritual family, he has provided what you were missing. You just need to look around. God does not leave orphans. He does not leave us lacking. He supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Then verse 5, after he says, I want to see you, so I'm going to be filled with joy. He says, I am, Paul says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Mothers and children, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmama, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, or Eunice, I'm not sure, somebody can correct me after the service, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Grandmamas, you are more influential than you know. Your grandchildren need you. Mamas, you are so influential. Maybe more influential than you know. Your children need you. Children, you need your grandmamas and your grandpas. You need to call them today. (laughs) If they're not here, I have to call mine after the service. And you need to listen to those that the Lord has sovereignly placed above you. So let's put the pieces together here a little bit more on what was happening Remember when we read in Acts 16 how Paul had come to um, Lystra and in Derby, and there was a disciple named Timothy there? How did Timothy become a disciple? It's because Paul had been there before and was preaching, but apparently the faith dwelt first in his grandmother, Lois, and then was passed down through family lines to him. Your old follower of Jesus, your greatest mission field, your greatest mission field is your family. That is your number one opportunity that God has given you to work out this kingdom coming, to work out being prepared for the kingdom when it comes, working out your disagreements, learning how to forgive, learning how to encourage, learning how to walk through hard stuff together. This is your number one opportunity to do that. And what strikes me here is so interesting how in no no way that I see, once again, you guys can correct me if you know something else about the history of this, but I couldn't find anything when I was researching. Timothy's father still wasn't mentioned in in the, the spiritual heritage line that was there. Because I would have thought Paul would have said something about his father, <laughs> you know, your grandmama, your mama, your daddy, they all, you know, had a part in you having this sincere faith. So, mamas, you are strong. You, you, you single mothers out there, be encouraged today. There is grace upon grace to do what needs to be done, and God will help you. Even when, like in Timothy's case, there's, there's a man or a father who didn't step up to do what he was supposed to do. God will get it done. Don't you worry. Okay? And then he goes on from there as a good spiritual parent. And he says in verse 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, 
but of power and love and self-control. So a good spiritual parent is going to be constantly encouraging us to fan into flame. They're not only going to fan it, but they're going to get in your face very lovingly. (laughs) And they're going to say, hey, remember what God did for you? Why are you living that way? (laughs) They're going to say, hey, remember what God did for you? Remember the spiritual gifts that he put inside of you? Let's use them. Come on. They're going to prod you. Don't get upset with the prodding. It's love. And don't get upset when somebody you haven't acknowledged as your spiritual parent or your pastor or your whatever you want to call it does that to you. Thank God that somebody cares enough to prod you. So we want to create a Second City Church not just on Mother's Day or Father's Day, but we want to create a kingdom culture of honor. Say it again. We want to create a kingdom culture of honor where we not only put up with each other, but where we invite the challenges from one another, we, the loving challenges to one another, the godly critiques of one another. All right, so moving on from there, guys. The main point of this message, just to reiterate it, is that God uses very natural family relationships and even the supernatural church relationships to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ forward. Jesus said, the world will know who my disciples are because they talk about me all the time. No, that's not what he said. (laughs) Because they give a lot of money away. Because they tithe. They give 10% of all their income. No, those are good things, guys. You should be doing this. (laughs) But he said, they will know me and that they're my disciples because they love one another. Because they love one another. Love is more than a tithe every time. Love is more than an offering. <laughs> love is more than a prodding. Love is tears, like we saw with Timothy and Paul. Sometimes they're crocodile tears, but they're real, genuine tears as well. Love is making, not being complacent when we see our brother and sister not using the gifts that they've been given, or not living a life worthy of the calling, the holiness that they've been called to. So guys, I want, I want to focus in on, on the mamas now. I don't, were we able to get Exodus 20:12 out there, David? Yeah. All right, so we're going to go back in time to Exodus 20, verse 12. And this is where we're going back to the Ten Commandments. Yes, we believe mercy triumphs over judgment. Yes, we believe that Christ is the only one who forgives us of all our sins. Our righteousness by faith is found in Him alone. But we also believe that the Ten Commandments, the law of God, teaches us what to strive for. And when we're walking with Jesus, we want to obey Him. We want to obey His Word. 
So Jesus brought up the Ten Commandments. He said, it has been said that, and then he would correct it and take it even deeper to the heart level. So with that in mind, Exodus 20.12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So what do we learn from this command? We learn that a natural honor leads to a supernatural heritage of faith and God's manifest presence and favor. Okay, so what does it mean to honor your father and your mother? So the word honor in Hebrew was defined for me as this, to treat someone with proper respect due to the person, like the individual, but also due to their role. We can't always determine the role. Like God's sovereignty has a lot to do with who your parents are. Would you agree? How many of you in here picked your parents? Probably not many. All right, God picked your parents. That's just how it works. That's the way he designed it. And so the spiritual truth here is how we treat our earthly parents, our biological parents, but also how we treat our spiritual parents, the one that the Lord sovereignly chose to bring the gospel to us through. How we choose to treat them reveals our heart toward our Heavenly Father and Jesus as Lord. As Lord. It's a big deal, guys. It is a big deal. I thought it was a big deal because my mama used to say to me, boy, I brought you into this world and I'll take you out of it. I was like, I need to honor you, man, because of that. But more importantly than that, it's because God brought you into this world. And God can take you out of it. And God can bless you if you will obey him. And so I was asking the Lord. I was like, okay, you've said that this is the only one of the commandments that has a promise attached to it. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty major. It's one out of ten. We should, like, focus in on, and ask what this means. That's my logical thought process, letting you know, in the background there. So what does the promise quote, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you mean. So here's what it means. It means that peace with God is rooting you more and more in Christ and his kingdom. That your days may be long in the land we know our inheritance is not a physical piece of land, not our spiritual inheritance, but it's a kingdom. Heaven is on its way. Are you ready? If you're honoring God and you're obeying him, I'm not saying I've done this perfectly by no means, but if you're trying and it's your desire because Christ gave it to you, you'll have peace with God. That means you're getting prepared for his kingdom to come. Why? Because you're praying your kingdom come, your will be done. Number two, it's not only peace with God that this is talking about as the promise, but it's favor from God. Now, in a very worldly, ungodly way, we see people um, trying to manipulate their parents 
and be kind to them because they want an inheritance from them, right? I think we've all seen it. It's in the movies. But what God is saying is that if you honor your mother and your father, I will give you favor, and I will produce fruit in your life that will last. You will have that eternal spiritual inheritance in heaven that is waiting for you, and that is better than any temporary inheritance that our parents can give us. So we don't firstly do this for our parents, and we don't secondly do this to get anything from them. We do this because God has said to, and because God wants to give you his peace in your favor. God wants us to be reconciled to our parents. Scripture tells us that Jesus was going to come, and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their parents. And we should expect it. Okay. You guys ready to get practical? Let's get practical. What do we do with this information, Cole? All right. Cole, we drink water first. Sorry. Okay. How do we show this God-commanded, Holy Spirit-led, proper respect to both our biological parents and our spiritual parents? How do we do this? I'm going to give you scripture for each one of these. Okay. Exodus 21, 15. Pretty practical. Don't fight with your parents, man. <laughs> Whoever strikes his father or mother shall be put to death. God ain't playing. <laughs> Don't fight with your parents. Exodus 21, 17. Don't be talking bad about your parents. Don't curse them. <laughs> bless them. Bless them, bless them. Pray for them. Do the opposite. He's talking about like the negatives. He's like, don't strike them, don't curse them, but I'm going to talk to you in the positives. Okay, don't strike them, but help them. Okay, don't curse them, but bless them. All right, you guys want to know what Jesus said about this? He's God. Luke 2, 49 through 51. And he said to them, this is Jesus as a little boy. He's still God, right? So he still do respect and honor, even as a 12-year-old boy, we believe here. And he had gone up to the temple uh, with his family. But then when his family all left during the celebration, he just stayed behind. He's like, I just wanted to be in my dad's house. And they go traveling for a couple of days, and they realize in their family retreat, like, right, wait a minute, somebody's missing here. I don't hear this little child over here spouting wisdom all the time. Where, where is he? And so they go back, and they find him, and this is what they said. This is what, what he said when they were, like, mad at him. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. In verse 51, and even though he was God, he could have had the biggest head of anybody and said, I don't have to listen to you. I'm God. I'm right. <laughs> even Jesus humbled himself and said, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. His mother treasured up all these things 
in her heart. So Jesus set an example for us to treat our parents with deference and to be submissive to them. All right, let's look and see what Paul had to say about treating your parents with deference and being submissive to them. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he quotes Exodus. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. He's reminding them. He's like the little carrot, you know, hey, this is good for you. Do it. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So when we are surrendering to our parents, and even as adults, when we're asking our parents, like, hey, what do you think about this? What's your advice? And when you ask God to reveal to you the things that your parents know that is good and right in the Lord, whether they know the Lord or not, and you're willing to listen to them and to consider that, and of course be a Berean and go to the Word and check it out, you know, don't be lazy about it. But that is how he wants to bless you. He gave you parents to bless you. So defer to them and be submissive and listen to them. First uh, Timothy 5, 1 through 2. says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. So we should treat older women as mothers by encouraging them, not rebuking them. So when we see something with, with our parents, young people, <laughs> you know, their parents aren't perfect, we're not perfect, we don't expect them to be. You don't have to go around rebuking them <laughs> and saying, you're wrong. <laughs> you can go and encourage them and say, oh, why do you think that? <laughs> oh, tell me more about that. Well, you know, let's let's uh, honor them by asking questions and trying to get to the root and encourage them to do what is right, not rebuking them sharply and harshly. So all those are under the heading of treating your parents with deference and being submissive. Okay. Number two practical way is by, uh-oh, we're going to talk about money here. You guys ready? That was the disclaimer. What time is it? How much? Okay. All right. Providing for them and looking after them in their old age. We have scriptures. Proverbs 3 through 9, I mean 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Honoring the Lord comes with a blessing as does honoring our parents. It honors the Lord to financially take care of them. It's just wise and good. It's wise and good. Mark 7, 9 through 16 this is where Jesus equates honoring your mother and your father with financial help. We had, Thank you, David, so much for getting these up there, man. You're great. Okay. And he said to them, he's taught, this is, he is Jesus, them is the Pharisees. Okay. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. Oh, is there not more? 
and establishing your tradition. Verse 10, for Moses said, honor your father and your mother. There he goes back to that. That's, this is Jesus now. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is Corban, that is given to God, when you, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition. And that's a whole other sermon. By your tradition, you have handed down. And many such things you do. And Jesus called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside of a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. So Jesus commands us with our finances to take care of our parents. And let's see what Paul has to say when he's talking to his child, Timothy. 1 Timothy 5 through 8. That means we're about done. <laughs> Verse Timothy 5, 3-8. through eight. In essence, we should provide for our parents in their distress. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household. And to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. That's the main thing. This is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things. That's tough. Command these things. He didn't say this is good advice. He said, command these things. Command these things as well so that they may be without reproach. The point of this command is so that we would be living holy and without reproach, pleasing to God. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Ah, ah, three times, ah, gosh, Lord help us, right? Lord help us, oh my goodness. So guys, we're, we're about to wrap it up, and I know all of these commands are heavy, but you know what these commands are meant to do? These commands are meant to turn my eyes and your eyes to the helper, and his name is Jesus. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. Because this is the glory of God. This is how we're supposed to live. All have fallen short. Don't beat yourself up right now. Just come to Jesus. Start fresh. Start new. Say, Lord, I didn't know this. Or I knew this, but I was just putting it out of my head because it was too hard. I want to encourage you today that faith and help is available. In Jesus. The point of this message is not honor your parents. The point of this message is come to Jesus. He'll help you honor your parents. He'll help you do everything that you need to do to be the glory of God on the earth. And then one small token I have here, especially for mothers. I'm not going to read it, depending on how much time we have, but I want you to go read it. This is, this is for the men to show them, like, hey, 
You need to listen to your moms. Have you guys ever read Proverbs 31 before? Right? The first half is really about how to be a good king, right? And the second half is about um, an excellent woman, an excellent wife. Have you ever read the little heading at the top of Proverbs 31? Do you know what it says? It says this. It says, the words of King Lemuel. All right, put your hat on. An oracle that his mother taught him. Your mamas have some good advice. Even if you're calling us to be a king, you should listen. And also, the last half of Proverbs 31, do you realize this is the last chapter of Proverbs, that this is the capstone? This is the capstone of all of wisdom. And it is talking about a woman who embodies all of this. All right, as the worship, worship team can come forward, and we'll pray. And we'll ask the Lord to help us. Yeah, Heavenly Father, uh, I don't have it all together when it comes to honoring my parents or honoring you. And I know nobody else here does either, because you said we're in the same boat. So Lord, we come to you as one. And right now, we're asking you for help. Jesus, we need you. We need you. We need forgiveness. And Lord, we need power. Lord, we trust in your righteousness for salvation alone. Not how we honor our parents or how we wisely spend our money or, or anything like that, Lord. But we, we need you. We know that our salvation is only in you for your righteous, perfect life, Jesus. And so we confess that. But Lord, we know it is your will that we, along with the families you've given us, biological and spiritual, seek your kingdom first. So Lord, we ask now, Lord, I ask for each heart that is in here. I've just been so sad. I just felt like they've missed out on having a good family, Lord. Lord, I pray that you encourage them right now as they read through Acts and they see how you fulfilled your word that you promised the rich young ruler he thought he had it all together. You told him, give it, go, go give everything you got and then come back to me, and he didn't do it. And then you turned to others, and you promised that whatever is lacking in their lives when they follow you and forget about their old lives, that you'll give them a hundred times in this life. Mamas, daddies, brothers, sisters, lands. You are the fulfiller of all of our desires, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that nobody would leave here today without having a clear conscience through the righteousness of Christ, the repentance and faith in who you are and what you've done, Lord. And Lord, we also pray for the estranged relationships as well, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would turn the hearts of the fathers and mothers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers and mothers because there's forgiveness on the cross. Every wrong has been paid on both sides of the equation. So we ask for full reconciliation to God and to one another. In Jesus' name, amen.